G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. We'd sold our house, so we put everything into storage, and uh, we lived out of two suitcases each, you know, sort of thing. And so wherever we could get accommodation for a week or two weeks or whatever, we kind of moved around, and we were just waiting on him. And, and eventually, he said, no, 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 just get on the plane. You know, I thought God was going to provide us a job before we got here and all these sort of things, um, but he really just wanted us to step out in faith and just get on a plane, and so that's what we did. The story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. You know, often when you meet people from different parts of the world who have come to settle in Australia, you'll find out there's an interesting story behind what led them to coming here. And today's guest is no exception. Hilton Edwards is originally from South Africa, and he and his wife took a giant leap of faith in relocating here. Today, we'll find out his story and how he became the CEO of Bible League Australia. But first, Hilton chats with Shelley Scowen about what life was like back in his home country of South Africa. Tell us a bit more about the work of Bible League, because it's not just here in Australia, it's not just in prisons, it's a wider work than that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're around the world, um, and so we, we basically do work within 60 countries around the world. Uh, and then we have uh, fundraising offices like ourselves in Australia around the world as well. So so that's really how we work. We, we raise the funds and then we put it out into the field in various places. Yeah, really exciting what you're doing there. You've only been with Bible League for a few years, though, and uh, we can tell from the accent that you're not from around here. Yeah, very definitely from South <laughs> Africa. <laughs> so I can't hide that. No. Uh, no matter how many times I say heaps, they still don't get it. That <laughs> <laughs> Throw a few g'day mates in there and uh, we're still not convinced. Yeah. But life in South Africa was very different to life here uh, in so many ways. Uh, one of the things you were just saying to me before we came on air was uh, about when you go internet shopping and, and things are delivered to your door here. Yeah, I, that was just wonderful. When I, when I came across and I could actually order stuff online and uh, it would be waiting for me when I got home. Now, in South Africa, if you got anything delivered, they'd have to throw it over your wall and your electric fence <laughs> <laughs> and then probably break it when they did that because unless there was somebody to sign for it, it would probably be stolen. So, wow. Yeah. It's something we take for granted here because I go internet shopping all the time. And, yeah, I'm quite often out and about, come home at the end of the day and – uh, there's the parcel still waiting for me. It's all good. A few yeah. hundred dollars worth in there. Yeah, all good. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was it like to grow up in South Africa? I think growing up there was, uh, you know, really good. And, and I think, you know, 40 years ago, I'm giving away my age a bit now, mm-hmm. now but uh, yeah, I think it was, it was uh, still a, a pretty safe country and things like that. Um, I think obviously over the sort of latter part, uh, when the unemployment rates rose and things like that, um, then, you know, things got a little bit more difficult and, uh, and the crime increased and things like that. So, but it's an awesome country. And uh, I think everybody who, who is born in South Africa always has a, a passion and a yearning for it. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's a great place and, and, uh, I think it's got a great future. And yeah, as long as they can 
get uh, working on some of the things like unemployment and, and the AIDS problem and things like that, then it's going to be a really, really great country. Yeah, some serious issues there, but a lot of great things about the country as well. Absolutely. You came and visited Australia in December 2007. Was that just a bit of a holiday or? Yeah, it was just, just a holiday. Yeah. Uh, I just came across uh, and you know, spent some time with family and, and uh, yeah, just spent a month here. And uh, it was it was a holiday, but uh, it started out uh, something that was very much a purpose, but a God purpose and not my purpose, um, because I was in. <laughs> Are you a ch- sure this is a pretty <laughs> awesome country? <laughs> well, I mean, I I came here and uh, I was I was at a church in uh, City Point Church, and um, after the service, I'd taken heaps of notes, and it was one of those sermons that just really speaks to you, mm. and it was all about the seasons in your life and how you know one season ends and another season starts, and 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 you know I could just. I just knew that God was speaking to me. And so at the end of the service, I just sat and I just prayed. And uh, I was I was praying there and somebody came and just sort of waited for me to finish praying. And they said, you know, God's given me a prophetic word for you. <laughs> and I said, no, it can't be for me. And I kind of looked around to see if there was anybody else. Maybe they were mistaken. And they said, no, no, it's for you. And And they said, you know, God wants you to work for him in Australia. And I just said, no way. It's, it's just impossible. It can't happen, you know. So, <laughs> so I went back after the end of my holiday and I tried to forget about it. Uh, and, uh, I just, I just, yeah, said, okay, look, let's put it, put it to the back of my mind. But, but constantly the Holy Spirit was just prompting me, prompting me, prompting me. And, uh, I just kept saying, you know, God, I don't think you actually, aware of what I'm doing in South Africa for you, you know, sort of, why would you want to take me from South Africa where I'm doing all this stuff and, and take me to Australia? What, what use could I possibly be there? You know, sort of thing. And that was, yeah, that was just the start of the journey. And, uh, so yeah, for about two years, I, I fought God in inverted commas yeah. on the issue. Uh, and then in 2009, I had uh, colon cancer. Oh, and, wow. uh, yeah, so that was, that was a really tough time for me. Uh, I spent a year in treatment. I had chemo. I had radiation. I had electron therapy, and and so it was a really, really difficult time. Um, but through that time, I mean, God was carrying me each and every day, and uh, was also speaking to me, you know, about this the Australia opportunity. And mm. uh, eventually, I surrendered, and I said, "Okay, God, if you want me to go to Australia, you better make it happen." You know, yeah. so. <laughs> isn't it funny how our plans are for the way that we want to serve God? We just kind of keep cruising ahead rather than listening to God and how he wants us to serve him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was it. I kind of thought, well, you know, I'm doing stuff. I was, you know, I was uh, pastoring in a church and, and, and going out and preaching at a whole lot of different churches. I was, you know, I'd been working for Focus on the Family in South Africa. And so, so I kind of thought I was doing all the stuff and we, I'd helped start an AIDS orphanage. And, and so, you know, I really sort of thought, come on, God, you know, you're using me in South Africa. Just keep me there, you know. So, yeah. So it was just, and, and I had no clue of what he had in mind. And here you are today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about some of the things that you were doing in South Africa. You helped set up an AIDS orphanage. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was involved with Focus on the Family there, and uh, we, as as Focus, had had an outreach to orphans and, and, you know, started orphan care initiatives and things like that. But while I was doing that on the side, I also managed to, to connect with a guy uh, called Russell, and he had a whole lot of orphans staying at his house just like looking after them because they had no parents. They were, you know, both their parents had died through AIDS of the orphans he had. And so he was just looking after them. And uh, he just, when he met with me, we connected and he just said, oh, he said, Hilton, can't you just help us to, 
to get our NGO status and, and set up a proper something because if we can do that, then, then we can actually do so much more for the community. And I said, absolutely. I mean, I'll do whatever God wants me to do. And, and, and it was clear that, you know, when I prayed into that and we prayed together and, and that was the way it, it went. And, and so, yeah, we started uh, what's now called September Kuye, uh, which, uh, yeah, is a, is a little orphanage in, in Valley of a Thousand Hills. And so that was just awesome. I mean, it was, it was a process to actually get the registration of that orphanage. Uh, it took about nearly two years. Oh, wow. And the thing is, you can't get a bank account until you're registered as an NGO. And, and so all those things are difficult, and you couldn't start raising funds until you registered as an NGO. But God's hand Meanwhile, was, the kids are getting older and having more needs, and probably more kids are coming more along. Kids, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was just he was just housing, uh, initially, it was just eight kids yeah. in a in a house that was literally four rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, total square meterage of 40 square meters. Whoa. So, yes. And that was where they were housing all these because they had triple wow. bunks. Yeah. Like triple yep. bunks in the bedroom. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. And, and he was doing such a great job of like, you know, just being the, the mother and father to these kids. And yeah. so, so then we, we managed to register it and, um, then we could start raising funds. And, and it was just amazing to see how God worked in that situation because eventually we actually got an entire orphanage built from the ground up. Wow. Uh, yeah, when the, when um, the guys came out for the Soccer World Cup, they came and they built us an orphanage in 22 days. <laughs> so, 22 days? Yes. Hang on, so they're builders by trade, I take it. Yeah, and they, they came they, for they the were, World Cup and on the yeah, sidelines they yeah. came and built an orphanage. Yeah, it was part of the Lions, the Lions organization. They do what they call okay. Lions Raw and, and they do something good when they go and watch like a, a world thing like that. And, wow. And so they came and built us this in, and we didn't pay a cent. I mean, all we had to do was get the land. <laughs> well, that's a fairly big feat in itself. Yeah, yeah. So, that's incredible. Yeah, and so that was just, you, you just saw God's hand, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was just in, absolutely amazing. Everything was yeah. just, you know, God just wanted to do it. And, and so then they could expand that work, and they started uh, a project to to feed the community. They started a, a food kitchen and soup kitchen, and then they started crafting for the Gogos, which is the grandmothers of the community. So So they actually would come and volunteer at the orphanage, but then they'd also do their crafting and, and be able to, to sell their stuff and sustain themselves. And so yeah. it's just become, it's just gone, you know, just grown and grown and grown. And, and God's just used Russell and, and that whole initiative in an amazing way. Wow. And what a privilege for you to be a part of that. Yeah. I mean, I just couldn't believe that, you know, I kind of connected with him and, and then this all happened. And he said, he said, Hilton, we just want to use you to, you know, help us get like this structured properly and get a good board together and get, you know, good stewardship of what God's entrusted to us. And, and that would, it just all worked, you know, and, and you just know that God's going ahead of you when that, that kind of thing happens. Yeah. Absolutely. You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with Hilton Edwards from South Africa. We've been hearing about the ministry he was involved in there. Next, we'll find out the amazing way God led Hilton and his wife to relocate to Australia. That and more when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this 
is the story. We're continuing with Shelley Scowen chatting with Hilton Edwards from South Africa. Hilton is the CEO of Bible League Australia, and we're just about to hear the amazing way God led him and his wife to Australia. But first, he shares about his involvement with Focus on the Family South Africa. I was a marketing and communications director for Focus as well, so a similar role to to what I do at Bible League, but uh, obviously a very different focus. So I had a lot of involvement with radio, uh, and we also started the initiative um, with orphan care in in South Africa uh, during that time, and also used to bring out a lot of people from the states to come out and and you know have a look at some of the orphan care opportunities in in South Africa. I uh, also got. Yeah, to go to the States a couple of times, uh, go and uh, meet James Dobson. Oh, and, wow. uh, yeah. And I was involved with the transition uh, when James Dobson left and Jim Daly came in. Oh, wow. And uh, also the transition of the, the sort of branding. I was part of the international uh, group that worked on that as well. So, yeah, the rebranding uh, from the older style logos to the to current the day stuff, yeah. Wow, so you've had quite an impact. We were having a bit of a joke about uh, Focus on the Family's studios. They're really quite nice. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> uh, ours are nice here, but our view out the window is of the car park, and it's not really the best view. You had a pretty awesome view in South Africa there? Absolutely. I mean, we also got to set up a studio, uh, you know, when I was at Focus, and uh, we used to look out over the Valley of a Thousand Hills, and that is just an incredible, incredible sight. Uh, down in the valley, it's actually the epicenter of AIDS, which is a sad thing. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredibly beautiful to actually look at, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Funny juxtaposition there, isn't it? Yeah. It's such a beautiful, you know, God-created place and yet so many hurting people yeah, in, that, yeah. in that area. So there you were in South Africa having an amazing impact for God, you know, getting really involved in all these great ministries. You came to Australia for a holiday and had this prophetic word on your life that you needed to come and serve God in Australia. You ran the other way. You did a bit of a Jonah. <laughs> what was it like in the whale? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it wasn't easy because God doesn't give up. I mean, once God has <laughs> his plan and his purpose for your life, uh, it's pretty difficult to argue, you know. So, so I did. I, I tried. I try, to, I try to resist. I try to argue. I try to sort of reason out with God, and and He just wasn't listening. Um, and so <laughs> eventually, uh, yeah, when I had my cancer, I just, I just, uh, yeah, gave up and said, "Okay, God, you got me. Wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'll do." And uh, yeah, so began the journey to to come over here. And um, we we originally thought God would organize it all and get us a job here and and that kind of thing. Um, but it, it got to a stage where we said we actually had to take that step and so we sold our house and that was an amazing story in itself um it was just off the global financial crisis and so property wasn't moving and uh, one of the ladies in our um, bible study our cell group said to me okay well you know i'll i'll list the property for you and she said but can i have a six-month mandate and i thought wow you know she said well the average house is selling in between six to eight months so I said, well, actually, you know, I was praying and God told me that our house will sell in nine days and that's the <laughs> price. And she like looked at the price and she said, Hilton, that's above market. <laughs> so I said, well, that's what God told me. So I said, you know, if it's his will, it'll happen. It'll make it happen, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so she said, okay, fine. And I, I gave her the mandate for six months and, and she, uh, you know, listed the property 
And within two days, we had our first offer. And of course, she came to me and she said, Hilton, you know, it's a really good offer and it's not that much below what you said. And I said, no, no, that's what God said. So I said, it is below what God said. I said, go back to them and see if they're prepared to up their offer, you know. (laughs) And she thought I was crazy. I mean, (laughs) she knew me as a Christian, so she knew when God had spoken, that was, that was the word, you know. So, so anyway, she went back to them. They weren't prepared to up their offer, but they were prepared to keep their offer open for another week. So that was on day two. So that would have kept it until day nine, which was what, you know, the timing that God had given me in my prayer. Anyway, a couple of days later, another couple came in with an offer and they were really close. And so she came with the offer, all excited, you know, Hilton, check this out. We've got this, you know. I said, it's not at the price, Michelle. <laughs> so she went back to them <laughs> with a counter offer and, and we counted at, at God's price. Yeah. And so the, the transaction was done in nine days. That's amazing. Yeah. So, nobody could believe that. that. That in itself was an amazing witness. I mean, she went back to her, her mates at, at her, you know, sort of estate agency, yeah. you know, property agency and told them the story and they couldn't believe it. No, <laughs> no property was selling in nine days and no property was selling at market price. Yeah. So yeah, that was just a testimony in itself. And then you know that God's, in it. God's yeah, making plans behind yeah. the scenes. He's really working. And so and But it gives you that level of confidence, doesn't it? That you know, maybe he is going to provide yeah. and he's gonna make everything work out. Yeah, absolutely. And then and then we began to become sort of somewhat of nomads because we just we we'd sold a house, so we put everything into storage and uh, we lived out of two suitcases each, you know, sort of thing. And so wherever we could get accommodation for a week or two weeks or whatever, we kind of moved around, uh, just waiting on God. And, in and South Africa? In South Africa, yeah. yeah, yeah. And we were just waiting on him. And, and eventually um, he said, no, 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 just just get on the plane, you know, just get on the plane. You know? And I said, well, that doesn't really work, you know. You can't just get on a plane. Um, you know, I thought God was going to provide us a job before we got you and all these sort of things. Um mm. But but he really just wanted us to step out in faith. He wanted us to step out in faith and just get on a plane. And so that's what we did. Uh, so you got on the plane and you didn't have any jobs or no, anything lined up here nothing. in Australia. Nowhere to live. No, no. I've got family here, so we could oh, that we, helps, yeah. we could we could uh, yeah. you know live with them for a short while, but not too long. <laughs> so you I guess stepped out of the figurative boat or literally jumped on a plane. <laughs> You had to drag your wife and one of your kids along with you as well. So it was important that they heard from God and that they were fully convinced of all of this too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously when God speaks to you, uh, you know, you hear it and, and you want to respond to it. But for my wife, Shelly, uh, <laughs> different Shelly, good, good name. name yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, she, she obviously needed to be on board as well and Keenan. Um, so yeah, what happened was I, I used to be a local preacher and so I used to go and preach in a whole lot of different churches. But then when we were going to come, be coming here, I stopped that. I, I took my name off that roster or whatever you want to call it. And, um, then we were able to visit other churches. And so that was great because we didn't normally get that opportunity. And Shelly had a friend at work and, um, she'd invited us to go to her church and it was about 50 kilometers north of, of Durban where we stayed. And uh, so we went to this church, probably about 1200, 1400 people in this church. And it was the first time we'd been there. And there was this visiting preacher from, from Ghana who had a prophetic gift. And uh, we're just standing there praising and worshiping. And uh, he just points to me and I just fall over, you know, just slain. And, and it was just incredible. (laughs) (laughs) And then when I, when I, you know, Sort of a couple of minutes later, I was up in front of him and, and he, and he started prophesying 
And he said to me, he said, you're going to go to a different country. You're going across the seas to a different country, and God's going to use you to work for him there. And he's going to use you in such a way that you you plant Bibles and people back to Africa and to Asia. <laughs> and here you are working at Bible League. Like, Planting Bibles and people to Africa and Asia and other places in the world. Wow. (laughs) That definitely um, came to fruition then, didn't it? Absolutely. Incredible. And and that was just the the, the affirmation that Shelley needed too because, you know, we were were booked our tickets. But, I mean, that was just such an incredible affirmation for her to hear it from somebody else. You know, somebody else actually prophesying of what what the adventure was that lay before us. Yeah, that's such an encouragement for her then to be able to uh, leave her family behind in South Africa. You've got family over here now in Australia, yeah. but it was it's very hard, I think, particularly for the woman to Absolutely, leave family yeah, yeah. Um, when you've got kids as well and you have the practical help of you know, having your family around as well. But I think yeah, it's very hard for anyone to leave their family in another country. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that was really good for her to be able to sort of, you know, experience that as well and just mm. see that that was clearly God saying, okay, we need you in Australia, so you better come, you know. It's great just hearing all these small stories because added up all together, they make one really big story of yeah. how God just continues to open doors and provide for you. It's true that it, people say where, where God guides, he provides. Amen. Yeah. And he so does in so many of the big aspects and the small aspects. And I hope that it's been an encouragement to people this morning. If you're sending the call of God on your life and you just afraid of the practicalities of it well you've just heard living proof of yeah. how god can just take care of everything yeah yeah you don't need to worry about the practicalities i mean i, I obviously in my humanist kind of keep going back to default yeah. mode which is hilton, oh, and, hilton mode <laughs> <laughs> and we obviously need to be good stewards of everything too and do our yeah. diligent um research and all yeah. the rest as well but god yeah. just opens doors that's it you know and i think that's it if if, if we're faithful in what we do and and you know we, we tithe and we and we pray and we and we really study his word and we just walk in in his path he'll be true to us and and yeah he has been he's been phenomenal in terms of just my entire walk you know and, and getting here that was Shelley Scowan chatting with Hilton Edwards and what an amazing journey he and his wife have undergone leaving their home country of South Africa by faith that the Lord wanted them here in Australia and he's now the CEO of Bible League Australia that's fantastic a perfect example of faithfulness to the Lord and his leading as the Bible says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight for more information about Bible League Australia the website is bl.org.au that's bl.org Well, thanks for joining us for Hilton's Story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. When we arrived in Sydney, we had to come on an old passenger freighter. It was a converted warship. That was all we could afford. And it took us five weeks. And it was during that five weeks that the house and the job all fell through. We had no idea why God wanted us to come to Australia. We just came. We're sure glad we did. Warren and Mina Saxon moved from the US to Australia in 1961. They arrived to find that the house and job they had arranged had fallen through. So they had no money, no job or accommodation. We'll find out their story next time. The story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.